there is probably not a better example of the power of mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice as far as the benefits of that, for me at least, as when I find myself incredibly, incredibly angry. And it's human. It's normal. It's, it's something that we all deal with from time to time. There are some people who struggle with anger more. There are some people that struggle with it less. But it is definitely one of those what's referred to as the human universals. And people who know me fairly well or even, even not that well or really well find that while I generally seem like a very amiable person most of the time and usually appear to be in probably uh, a better mood than I may really be in, it just seems to be my personality. And when I get angry, I have always tended to hold back and not really ever, you know, communicate, you know, the whatever it is, how that anger sounds like. I very seldom raise my voice and get upset. And there again, it doesn't mean that I'm any different than anyone else. We all have our own unique emotional constitutions, so to speak, and and deal with things in different ways. I've always admired people who, when finding themselves angry, could just communicate and so and, and quote unquote get it out and just say what they needed to say and and. I realize sometimes when we do that, we're not necessarily critically thinking about what it is that we're communicating, and in many cases, we're you know going to end up saying things that we regret. And I've always been the type of person that you know probably needs to actually assert myself more when I'm when I'm angry, but I only generally want to do that in a way that is you know that I've thought through at least somewhat what I'm going to say before I say it. And with that in mind, I have found for certain that when I get really, really angry, I, you know, like all human beings, you know, I'm thinking things that I probably should not say. I'm feeling things that I probably should not verbalize. And it took me a long time to get to a place where I realized you know, I would feel really badly about what I was thinking when I was angry. I would, would, you know, I could feel myself reacting and wanting to lash out in certain ways. And I would feel really guilty about that. I, I felt like somehow I should be able to figure out a way to, quote unquote, improve myself so that I'm not struggling that way anymore. So that I, you know, I'm not having those thoughts. Uh, and it seems like anger gives rise to a lot of different, you know, in terms of feelings, there are different, you know, what I refer to as different variants of that. There can be, you know, different levels of frustration. Uh, there's, just, there's just a lot of different feelings that go along with the feeling of anger. Uh, there's a, you know, there, it just, you know, sometimes it feels like we want to give up. It feels like we just can't go on any further. We're tired of it. We're sick and tired of it. It's, you know, there's all these different things that go along with just being angry. You know, we hate feeling the way that we feel. We're, you know, we're mad at somebody because we feel like it's their fault that we feel the way that we do. So there, it's kind of sometimes can be a very complex set of feelings when we're angry. And so I say all this 
to say that I found myself about three about three days ago really incredibly angry, really disappointed. And there again, disappointment, that's another one of those. You know, we can be angry, but there's also a tinge of disappointment. You know, somehow someone has disappointed us. They've not met our expectations. They've not lived up to what we expect of them or even had hoped from them. And then we, at some point, we're sick of it, and we, and then we're angry. Well, I had a situation like this happen, and there again, the details really aren't important at all. I will just say this: this was a situation where I had a, a doctor that I see for a very, very minor, ongoing health issue, and I had found myself the last week or so struggling physically with this particular issue to the degree that was even some, somewhat worse than when I started actually going to see them to deal with this situation a couple of years ago. It was, it was even worse than what it, then it was almost like I had completely gone backwards and it was like, it felt like my body had turned on me. And as a result of that, I had been struggling with a lot of chronic pain over the last couple of weeks and it, impacting my sleep and so ultimately it's impacting my you know my ability to keep my emotions level to a certain degree and it's this is all subtle it's not like I am completely uh, unable to carry on with the business of the day it's just or that I'm unable to cope it's just that I'm kind of carrying this additional burden that we all do when we're having chronic pain issues or chronic health issues that, that affect a lot of people and so everyone experiences it a little bit differently. And I cont- I reached out to try to schedule an appointment, and I conveyed to the office staff that I was really struggling physically, that I really needed to see them and try to address this issue. And somehow, some way, I guess I, without realizing it unconsciously, I had built up these expectations in my mind that if I needed this doctor to, to, to take care of me or to look after me or to at least see me and have an appointment if things were had really, really gone badly and I was really in a bad place, that I would be able to, to count on that or hope that I could count on that. And the response that I got back was not the response I had hoped for or had expected. And I was literally trying to just see if they had any cancellations, you know, to try to get in later. And this was actually, this is last week. So after, you know, several hours, I get a response back and it's, you know, from the doc, from the office staff and, you know, the, the doctor is not going to be able to work me in last week. They weren't going to be able to work me in. So I found myself unbelievably disappointed. And then I found myself hurt. And then I found myself angry. And it is, that is a, not a good combination uh, for me, especially when I am not resting, you know, well and, and, and not feeling like I'm really in a good place. And the anger was explosive. I mean, now here, there again, here's the interesting part about this. This is all happening internal, internally. This is not, you know, I'm not displaying this anger to anyone. I happened to be by myself, um, actually working when I got that news. So, you know, luckily, and I don't know whether I would have lashed out at anyone or not. I'd like to think that I would not have, as I generally don't do that. But the anger was unbelievable. 
And when I say unbelievable, I mean I was not, you know, and there again, the, the, the dangerous part about anger, at least for me, and mindfulness practice has helped me realize this, is that when I'm in the midst of a really angry outburst of some sort, I am really beside myself emotionally. You know, I am not really paying attention or being aware of what I'm doing. I am so wrapped up and so locked into a reactive state that I really don't even have the will to pay attention to, you know, to look at myself objectively, to look at my mind and to be aware of what's actually going on. I'm, I'm not in that place where I, I, there again, there's, there's kind of a, some of it is can't, some of it's won't. And the more that we practice mindfulness, what we find is that there's, you know, there's less can't and less won't to those situations. You know, we, we, we will, if we practice it enough, we will, even if not right away, at some point, we will catch ourselves in the act of being completely carried away with, you know, an internal reaction of being angry, disappointed, hurt, you know, you name it whatever that you know whatever the unique you know flavor mixture of that anger comes from is in terms of the different emotions and where i found myself was is that i was in a place where i i somewhat was aware but i did not want to fully invest myself in being aware because i knew that if i was completely aware then i would at some point have to let go of the need to to think to believe everything that I was thinking about what I was feeling. I knew that if I was going to allow myself to be fully mindful of what I was doing to myself, that inevitably I was going to let go of it and not need to do it anymore. And to just see the silliness of my reactions. And they do seem silly. When I look back at it now, to see the utter childishness of the thoughts that I was having. And I mean, I was thinking everything. I was getting ready to call and cancel all of my remaining standing appointments. It sounds so silly to say it now. I was going to call back and I was going to let them get I was going to give them a piece of my mind. I was going to tell them how I felt about how disappointed I was and how I could not believe that this doctor did not care about me. And even second, if you can hear it in my voice, there was just this very very ridiculous childish response to something that you know and there again I you know when I'm feeling that way I don't want to stop and objectively think about the fact that this doctor may not have openings in their schedule and not only that I don't didn't want to think about the fact that you know they I'm not the only patient that they have and where I'm going with this is where I'm beginning to think critically about it, and that's exactly what happened. You know, here I was, very, very angry, hurt, disappointed, did not feel cared about or cared for, didn't feel like that, you know, what I was struggling with was important enough to merit, you know, the doctor's attention. And so I'm basically just completely filled. Then I'm finding myself filled with self-pity. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other trip you know, emotionally. And so here I am doing that now. And at some point I become aware that I am causing myself a lot of unnecessary suffering. I am completely contracted in my body, in my mind, and I'm thinking these horrible thoughts, just, you know, wanting to, you know, to, to end this relationship with this doctor, to give them a piece of my mind, 
to just fly off the handle and say things I know that I should not say and that I really do not mean. And as soon as I became much more aware of it to the point of being fully aware of it, I just got really quiet suddenly. And the odd part about it was is that what actually got quiet was not my mind because my mind was still racing with all of these thoughts. But I was able to get with, and this is there again, with mindfulness practice, the more that we practice, we, the more that we find that we can, can carve out just a little bit of mind space to where we can actually witness and watch and hear and listen to our own thoughts as we have them. It's almost like we can be an observer, you know, looking from the, from the outside in to see what our thought, what the content of our thoughts, what we're actually thinking. If we can develop the ability to have this perspective, and it really is very, it's really simple. It's not easy to do, but it's available to any of us that practice mindfulness. And we can't necessarily practice, you know, focused on developing that headspace. What we just really have to do is just practice being quiet, you know, using a meditative practice of some sort to calm our mind, to get it to pay attention to just one thing so that it's not racing from thought to thought to thought. And then to engage in mindfulness practice where we are watching our thoughts and paying attention to them and not trying to stop them, not trying to keep them from happening, just seeing them as they happen. We then will find the longer we do this, it will just start to, you know, that that will bloom. It's just a result of, you know, you plant the seed by practicing mindfulness and paying attention to our minds and what they are doing. You plant that seed and eventually... You, it comes forth with a uh, the ability to do this. It blooms. It happens. And we can't try to make it happen. It just does. And I've worked with enough people who have seen this happen that I know that it's just a matter of focusing on the practice itself. And eventually it comes. And so that's really what happened here is that I was so carried away. In other words, the I, the identity, the person that I... You know, I was busy being the person that was angry. My teacher has always said that to me over the years, that whenever I am on some sort of head trip or some sort of emotional trip, fully, you know, engrossed in being angry, being disappointed, being uh, enamored with something, being fascinated, uh, you know, with whatever it is, if I'm averse to something, if I'm running away from something, running towards something, he always says the same thing to me. He says, Jeff, you're busy being the person that is this, whatever it is. So if I can actually, you know, see that, you know, the, this identity that I've created is a person who's busy being angry, busy feeling sorry for myself, busy feeling like a victim, I can actually begin to develop that perspective that I can see that and that I don't have to identify with that so much. I can let loose of the need to be that person that's busy being angry. And that's exactly what happened in this case. I finally realized that I was just simply reacting to something and that I did not have to allow myself to get carried away with this. I didn't have to believe what I was thinking because I was very angry at this doctor, very hurt, suddenly felt like they didn't care about me at all, or this was just a business for them and they didn't really genuinely care about people. And these are all just thoughts. That's, that's really all they are. 
And luckily, there was enough presence of mind that I didn't lash out and speak these things to this person because I would have regretted it. And so what I did was I just simply told myself that I'm just going to let myself continue to be angry as long as I needed to be angry because the thing is I can't talk myself out of it. I was having these thoughts. I was having these reactions. The more that I tried to stop having them, the more that I tried to stifle them and push them down, the more energy it's going to give them because I'm then paying attention to it. The more I try to not do something, and it took me a long time to learn this, that the more I'm paying attention to it. So what I decided to do, as hard as it was, was just continue to let those thoughts run. And what's interesting is the more I just let go of the need to have the thoughts, I no longer needed to think anything about this anymore. I decided that I was just going to let it run its course. And I had never done this before. This was the first time that I decided, and there was there was a small part of me as I started, once I was able to become more aware of what I was doing and cultivate that headspace where I could stand outside of that and think more rationally. And I was really in the present moment being aware of, of this whole thing that was happening around me mentally. And that was, I was just locked in this loop of angry reactivity that I could begin to see that it was just, it was going to do what it was going to do. But just because it was doing what it was doing, I didn't have to be a part of it or as much of a part of it. And there again, I'm not trying to say that I'm denying that that was me because it was going on inside what's referred to as my head. I was having the thoughts. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to disassociate from myself. That's not the idea here. I'm not trying to deny that this stuff was happening in my physical body, in my brain, in my mind. It was. It's just that that's, you know, that is not the only thing that is me. There's more to me than just what's happening in my mind. That's really the point that I'm trying to uh, to get across here. And I know that seems strange, and for many people I've shared this with, it has been a little bit disarming, And it's, but I feel like it bears uh, mentioning that I just, you know, there was a part of me that after I started to, dis, you know, to disconnect myself from the need to add fuel to the fire of this anger, I just let it run its course. I realized that there still, I was kind of, I was questioning the things that I was thinking about what I was feeling. And there still was a little bit of a calm part of me that felt like, you know, maybe I do need to actually end this relationship. Maybe I do need to, you know, if I'm really struggling this badly and I need, you know, some medical attention, there again, it was not, and I will say this, it was not a, a, an emergency. It did not, you know, merit, uh, there was no need for me to, I did not, you know, merit the, the need for this to become a full-blown emergency. But it was, you know, it was something that was definitely some very, you know, serious chronic pain. But it can be managed. So there was some critical thought as to, you know, whether I really needed to maybe consider making that change. You know, not in an angry way, but in a calm way. And then again, after I realized that I was having what I what I felt like were more rational thoughts that were happening more quietly... I still decided, because I couldn't be 100% sure that some of this wasn't spilling over from the thoughts I was having, you know, as a result of this anger and disappointment, 
So I decided just to put the whole thing on the back burner and I, I trusted in my ability to, if later there was a need for me to make this change, that I would make it calmly and I would make it rationally. And I also wanted to be open to the fact that maybe there, you know, there again, I don't want this to sound strange, but maybe there was some reason that I was not supposed to go in there that day or the next day or two. Maybe there was some reason I, you know, we, we, without getting really necessarily out there, there's really no way to know. And so I decided to just be open to the possibility that maybe this is the way things were supposed to be. Now, there again, I don't want to use that as a place to hide or as an excuse to not take action when action is necessary. But in this case, there was no real emergency. I was aware of the fact that this whole thing was being driven by disappointment and anger, that I just needed to kind of sit with it all and just leave it on the back burner. And that if I needed, I trusted in my ability to, if I needed to make a change, I would make it when it was time to make it. And the beautiful part is that several days later, I did get a call and there was an opening and I will be able to go in and get some attention to this particular issue. And I found that, you know, the, the, the angry thoughts that I had, the angry responses that I had to this particular situation seem to have run their course. I don't, I don't, you know, for whatever reason, I don't seem to feel angry any further. I don't feel disappointed any further. And I realized that, you know, I need to be able to trust my own judgment. If there was a need for me to have continued to have felt like I needed to, you know, to rationally and calmly make a change, I could trust in my ability to do that. But doing that in an angry, spiteful way where I just basically am just, you know, sort of aiming what I've heard people refer to this as aiming the cannon at the deck and just blowing everything up emotionally and just, you know, screaming out whatever it is that I'm thinking. I've done that before and I don't want to do that anymore. Not a lot, but when I have done it, it certainly does hurt people and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to do that. And so the only way I can ensure that I don't do that is to continue to practice mindfulness and to practice mindful coping. In other words, if I, you know, I could have very well been around people when I got that news from the doctor's office. I could have been working with someone. I could have been meeting with someone. I could have been with a family member or a friend. And I still, I have to believe, would have been incredibly angry. I would not have been in denial of those feelings. But I would have had to cope. I guess I shouldn't say have to. I guess coping really is a choice. I clearly know what it feels like to not cope. I've done that before, and I know that is not helpful at all. And there's no judgment there. It's just that I know when I choose not to cope, I know generally nothing good comes from that. And I generally end up feeling worse about myself than I already do when I choose not to cope. So the idea here is, is, you know, if I would have received that news and been in the middle of work or taking care of a work-related task or being with a loved one or a family member or a friend or an acquaintance, whatever the case may be, I could have chosen to be mindful on my feet in the moment, in the middle of life, while I'm in the middle of taking care of whatever it is I need to take care of. And I've had to do that before. There have been times where people have hurt my feelings, sometimes badly, 
or I've been angry. Someone said something that's angered me, and I've had to just simply be aware of the fact that I'm angry or that I'm hurt. But I have to, to put that on the back burner. I don't want to deny it, but I just have to continue to mindfully cope with the situation I find myself in. That that's what that's what really merits my full attention in, in, in any moment. If I want to live as effectively as I possibly can and be fully human and do the best I can do, not only for, for others, but also for myself in terms of taking care of myself and being kind and gentle to myself, then I feel like it's it. I owe myself practicing mindfulness and mindful coping so that I can bring the best me that I possibly can to these experiences. And to say it again, because I think it bears repeating, it's very human and natural, and I think most people know this, it's very human and natural to be angry, to be hurt, to be disappointed. Uh, there's all these different feelings that we can feel as a result of being human. And the thoughts that I, I mean, at least for me, it's the, I can't stop the thoughts from coming. I'm going to react somehow. I wish that I didn't have to. Life would be a lot easier if I didn't, but I'm human, and so most likely I'm going to. So I've learned to cut myself some slack and just let myself do whatever I'm going to do in my mind while at the same time being aware of the fact that it's just nothing more than a reaction. It's nothing more than a response to something that's happened externally to me. And that I don't have to take it as seriously as I think that I do. I can actually look and see the silliness of my reactions, which sometimes feel very childish. But there again, I'm not beating myself up emotionally or judging myself harshly. I'm just looking at the silliness of this predicament that I put myself in when I do this. That I don't have to do it. I can, as I mentioned before, I can actually put this on the back burner. I can cope with what I need to cope with in the here and now. Is that's where I'm most, where I can be most effective, and where, and that's really what's better for not only me, but for other people as well. And that's this practice really, you know, also allows me to see that this is not just about me, that there are many people that I'm around and that my behavior and the words that I speak affect on a daily basis. And this is really the way that I can really do what's best for everyone involved. And it's just a matter of choosing to continue to be aware and to then practice being aware. It's really as simple as that.